0: And we are going to look in the book of Mark, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Our theme is how to bring men to Jesus, amen? That's our theme for the program today. So when I was sitting around Deacon Durham trying to think of what to preach about, I said, ain't no need to reinvent the wheel, amen? So we're going to, we're going to, try, to try to pay this uh Pay the scripture respect today. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. It sounds like some of you have gotten it. And it sounds like some of you are still looking. It is the gospel of Mark. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Amen. Now it sounds like y'all got it. First one here reads, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing him a paralyzed. Some, I'm sorry. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them, since they could not get him to Jesus. Pay attention to that. Because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was laying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. If I were preaching today and the Lord had his way, the topic I would give you today is how to bring a man to Jesus. How to bring a man to Jesus. Amen. When you watch the miracles that Jesus performed in his earthly ministry, You have to understand that he just didn't do things because he was God. He did them to try and teach us the theological significance behind the kingdom of God. Meaning that that even though Jesus had the power to do anything because he is God, Jesus wanted to show us through various miracles how the kingdom of God would work mankind's spiritual paralysis mankind's inability to walk spiritually in holiness and righteousness as God calls us to is exemplified shown off by demonstrated through the lame man's physical condition what am I trying to say with that meaning that that Jesus could have picked anybody to heal and anybody to minister to, and that the gospel writers could have, accord- could have written down and, and made an accord, uh, an account, I should say, of, of any of these particular miracles Jesus performed. But God, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, gifted the writers of the gospel to record certain events so that we would have a theological understanding about the kingdom of God. Amen meaning that he wanted us to know something about who God is through not only the power of the miracle, but the type of miracle he performed, amen? Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 5 bears this out. It says here in verse 4, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us, Jameson Smallwood, you, alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Amen. Now, just so you can understand where we're going with this, with this scripture this morning, just as dead men don't walk, just as dead men don't get out of caskets and stretch their legs during church service, and then hear a bunch of lies being told about them and then lay back down, just as dead men don't do a sprint around the church and then come and finally decide where they want to rest their head at for the rest of the eternity. All right. Men who are dead in their transgressions and sins don't just magically wake up one day and walk to the Lord. Amen. Right, y'all, y'all didn't get happy with me there. Uh, right, let me come back in a different way. Uh, just as. Dead men don't get up and, 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 and do anything significant. Just as dead men don't wake up and have a conversation and say stuff on their own program. People who are dead in transgressions and sins, sinners, don't just wake up one day. Amen. Is that a harmonica? God bless you. Amen. You're all right. Amen. Amen. Just as they don't. Amen. Wake up and play the harmonica. Amen. They don't just come into the kingdom of God. Without spiritual, right. miraculous intervention. Amen. Amen. This lame man that they brought to Jesus was an example physically of what we all are spiritually before Jesus Christ comes into our lives. When we observe this particular miracle and the account of it, I've got three points that I want to bring, you, bring to your attention and then I'm going to sit down. The first point is that we have to, in order to bring a man to Jesus, if we're going to bring men to Jesus, if we're going to pack out our church with men in the kingdom of God, the first thing we must do is be creative. We must be creative. There are two major problems that they had to solve in order to bring this particular man to Jesus. The first one was transportation. The paralyzed man could not walk. As demonstrated by the men carrying the paralyzed man, it can be inferred. We can figure out that no one in their group had an alternative means of transporting the paralyzed man. The reason I say that is if I was going to carry a man to Jesus, I might get me a donkey if I had one. And put him on a sled or on a cart. But clearly they didn't have one. And they still wanted to bring the man to Jesus. Amen. This lack of transportation was a problem. And you see how they solved it. They picked up the man's mat he was laying on. Four of them, one on each corner. And brought the man to Jesus. Now that's a, that's, a fairly, that's a fairly straightforward point problem. That's a, that's a problem that still exists today, Reverend Wilson. that's a problem that we still have in bringing men to Jesus. Amen. Amen. We would be naive to think that there are men who don't who have ways to the church. Every man doesn't have a way to the church. Amen. We might want to do something about that, amen, but more on that later. The second problem they had to solve was insulation. They were dealing with an insulated building. The crowd around Jesus, who had already gathered, made it impossible for the men to enter Jesus' presence. Some of y'all who are knowing where I'm going with this might want to get happy with me, but that's okay. We're going to get there. The crowd around Jesus made it hard Impossible for them to get the man, there we go, amen, Amen. to Jesus. Now, I want to explain insulation if you don't know how that works. Insulation works by preventing the transfer of thermal energy between two things. For instance, a thermos that you have that you drink coffee from or you like to keep your water cold in, it works by using a barrier of material Even a vacuum, the absence of a substance, that are very inefficient at conducting heat. Therefore, the temperature of the surrounding environment has a much slower impact on the temperature of what's inside the thermos. Amen. Uh, When they tell you to go and get your house insulated if you're in an older home because it helps on your energy bill, this is why it works. Amen. Amen. Therefore, we have to understand that even though this sounds good, it sounds great, until you realize that the temperature of what's in the thermos, come on with me, church, has a much slower impact on the temperature of the surrounding environment. Oh, I'm getting there, church. If you look closely, you're going to see in this scripture a picture of, of the church oh y'all said y'all didn't get happy with me so let me explain my point Jesus is inside the building and there are people gathered around Jesus with requests of what they want from Jesus they are having church amen there's a lot of churches this morning that are just buildings making noise because Jesus is not in the building amen We have to understand that this is a picture of the church. These people had their own agendas. They had their own needs. And there were so many of them around Jesus, Reverend Wilson, that they were blocking a man who had a dire need from getting to Jesus. Oh, that's good, church. That's good, church. We have to begin to deal with the problem of being an insulated church. Although what's on the inside stays unchanged. What's on the inside doesn't impact what's on the outside. Come on, church. Uh-oh, y'all didn't get happy with me. If we're an insulated church, the Jesus that's on the inside of Mount Olive won't even go out into the parking lot outside of Mount Olive. You didn't get happy. What's on the inside of Mount Olive? won't touch those apartments and those townhomes it won't touch woodstock it won't touch that man in your house it won't touch that uncle who's back home it won't touch that brother it won't touch that father it won't touch that husband because it's insulated by a bunch of people consumed with their own agenda oh yeah you get happy Now, I thought I was out there in left field, Rev. Foster, until I read Matthew chapter 21, amen, amen. verses 13 through 14. Yeah. It is written, he said to them, this is Jesus speaking, my house will be called a house of prayer. But you are making it a den of robbers because the people who were selling doves and selling sacrifices were robbing the people. So that people can just come freely to church and bring a sacrifice that was acceptable. Oh, no, no. Somebody was at the front of the church telling them, no, that donkey, you, that, that, that goat you want to bring, that sheep you want to bring, that lamb is not fit. We need to sell you one that is. <laughs> right. Blocking people from getting to the temple. And in Jewish culture, the temple was considered the presence of God. And you had a man-made barrier. Brother John, that was stopping people from coming to Jesus, a man made barrier. And then verse 14 tells me something really interesting here. The blind man, I'm sorry, the blind and the lame came to Jesus, came to him at the temple, and he healed them. Now, you might just read that incidentally and miss the sequence of events. But because I come to Bible study fairly regularly under Pastor Bates, I don't miss those kind of details thanks to his teaching on Bible study basics. Look at the sequence of events. Once he got the barrier out the way, come on, church, folks got healed. Once he got the the barrier out the way, people got delivered. Once he got the barrier out the way, people got a breakthrough. Once Once he got the barrier out the way, people got victory. Once he got the barrier out the way, people got saved. Once he got the berry out the way, he was able to minister to folks. What I'm telling you is, if my life is going to bring men to Jesus, we got to get all the natural man-made berries we have brought to this church out the way. We got to get them out the way. In our scripture, while it seems that most who had gathered around Jesus at this house believed that he could bless them. The most noteworthy moment was the men willing to go through such great lengths to bring their friend to Jesus. By climbing on top of the house and lowering down their friend, the men demonstrated their creativity and problem-solving in order to bring a man to Jesus. The church and its members must constantly make way traditionally, culturally, materially, financially, socially, and spiritually for men in order for them to be able to approach Jesus freely. If you're in the way of a man trying to come to Jesus, that's a bad thing in a church, amen? It's a bad thing in the church. That's why I have to take some Sundays off, amen, from teaching Sunday school so that somebody else, the next Sunday school teacher, has a place to emerge, amen, has a place to emerge. Uh, I'm doing some gardening this year, and uh, this is my third year having a garden, amen, and uh, I planted stuff this year, and I spaced it out pretty good. But when you plant things, you have to make sure they have room, come on there, church, to grow, so if you got a big dominant plant that grows much faster than another particular plant, that bigger plant's gonna crowd out the smaller other plant. So when you hear a brother who's got all them titles and all that stuff that they just got done naming about me, when they would introduce me through Pastor Bass's introduction, I got to make room for someone else to grow. Amen. I got to I got to slide over and let somebody else display gifts in their infancy, as they grow in service to the kingdom of God. We must always remember this. If the church is to impact the lives of men, then we must constantly innovate, critique, and present in a contemporary fashion the gospel to address the needs of men in our churches, homes, and communities. Right now, Sister Gibbs is in Hawaii, and Sister Gibbs says, Aloha, praise him, brother. We still in we still with our church family today, all the way from Hawaii. Right. Now now I might get the big head, so you deacons and trustees y'all keep me honest. Right. I have now preached in Hawaii for the first time, amen. Right. I, uh, I, that's, a, that's, a moment, that's a monumentous moments, moment, Pat Pot back there. Right. So I am blessed, amen, to have done that. But by the power of technology. I've had the opportunity to speak in various places all across this world by the power of technology. Amen. I have a friend who is down in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, who has tuned in to Sunday school. Amen. I have had I've got people back home who listen in my little town of Morven, Georgia to, to me teaching Sunday school. Amen. I have an atheist friend who claims that he doesn't know the Lord. Fine. But he has tuned in to the Sunday school class that I've taught. Amen. And the thing is, no one may even come to Christ from this. But the key thing is that we are innovative. We are presenting the gospel in a contemporary fashion to address the needs of men in our churches, homes, and communities. It's not my job to bring them in. But it's my job to tell them how to come in. Amen. 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 Now. The second point here. That we want to bring out. Is that you have. To bring a man to Jesus. By being collaborative. Collaborative. Collaboration. Amos chapter 3. Verse 3 asks a question rhetorically. Do two walk together. Unless they have agreed. To do so. The men who were bringing their friend and transporting their friend had to coordinate each step of their journey in order to bring a man to Jesus. Every step they took had to be in lockstep. If one was out in front, didn't want to walk slow enough for the others, the man wouldn't have made it to Jesus. If the others wanted to walk too slow and not fast enough, the man wouldn't have made it to Jesus if one didn't want to hold his corner of the mat and the other three did, they wouldn't have brought the man to Jesus. If three of them wanted to take a break while one wanted to keep going, they wouldn't have brought the man to Jesus. What we see when we look at that scripture is that they clearly coordinated their efforts to bring that man to Jesus. There you go. That's the Baptist phrase. Every ministry in a church Every ministry in Mount Olive must coordinate their efforts and goals to maximally effectively reach, evangelize, train, and deploy men through the means of grace provided by Jesus through the gospel. That was a mouthful, so I'm going to break it down if you don't mind. Mike, keep on singing, brother, because the singing might be the thing that brings a man to Jesus. Keep on ushering, friends. Because that might be the friendliness and the inviting nature of the church that encourages a man to come to Jesus. Youth ministry provide a place for his children and give his children tasks where they have to go and actually invite their daddy to come to church to hear them. Keep putting on programs so their daddy has a reason to come to the house of the Lord because that might be the day that they invite him and bring him to Jesus. Workmen of Christ Keep meeting and keep serving ribs and chicken and steaks and, and meatloaf and, and teaching the word because that might be the casual setting that brings a man to Jesus. Women of grace, keep on preaching and encouraging. Keep on training the women so that if they got all no good, sorry, spiritually immature men sitting at home. They can come away from those meetings, encouraged filled with the spirit and then it can draw upon the scriptures that teach that if a woman would be submissive to her husband she might win him over by her example keep on women of grace encouraging the women to be evangelists in their homes amen it takes every single ministry kitchen ministry we ain't just serving food we're serving an opportunity to welcome someone into a relationship with Jesus amen Every ministry must work together. Every ministry must grab a corner. Of the lame man's mat. And bring him to Jesus. Every ministry must grab a mat. In a corner of the mat. And help bring the man to Jesus. Every ministry must grab the corner. Of the lame man's mat. And help bring him to Jesus. Every ministry Every ministry. And if we don't walk together, and as Deacon Dave said on one accord, we will never be able to bring a man to Jesus. What's the formula, church? Tenacious transportation. Physically get them here. We have been blessed with a bus. And that bus sits undrove most of the time. It's no fault of our bus driver. God bless you, amen. Right. It's no fault of the bus driver. Amen. amen. Let's get it. Amen there, church. Amen. It's no fault of the bus driver. It's on us as leaders to begin to be innovative amen. about what we want to do with that bus. Amen. I almost was gonna leave this alone, but the spirit won't let me. We have to actually crank the bus up to keep the battery charged on the bus. All right. When the battery on the bus will stay charged, if we would just use it, amen. <laughs> God has blessed us with a driver. God has blessed us with a bus. Now we need to ask God to bless us with creative vision of how to use that bus to do more than collect dust in our parking lot to bring a man to Jesus. Appropriate accommodation. That's the second point of the formula. First was tenacious transportation. The second is appropriate accommodation. Physically, we must make room for the men who are coming to Mount Olive fellowship, classroom space, accessible bathrooms. What if the man who comes to Mount Olive has a wheelchair? What if he is the one that we are to bring to Jesus? And I left this point for last. You got to expand the parking lot, amen? And praise God that it's paved, amen? Praise God that it's about to be sealed, amen? Praise God that it's about to be striped, amen? And I'm going to tell you now, church folk, this ain't got nothing to do with men's day. But it's a shame when church people come into a brand new parking lot that's been paved and repaired, that we've sweated for a whole year with, that we've worked and gave and sacrificed with, and no one stood up and gave a testimony of any kind thanking God for what he did here at Mount Olive, amen? Well, I'm about to fix that, amen. Praise you, Lord, for what you've done here at Mount Olive. Thank you, Father, for blessing us to pave the parking lot. Thank you for giving us the money that we needed when we didn't have it to be able to give it to the parking lot fund. Thank you for people being creative and sacrificial in their giving. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done here at Mount Island through us materially, amen. When I didn't drive over a pothole, when I didn't drive over crumbling rock and asphalt, I thank the Lord then. But y'all didn't see it then. And I said, surely other people will be in here thanking the Lord. Surely other people will be in here shouting and praising God for it. But I have to do it because I know what it took to get it done, amen. I, it wasn't just the money. It was the hearts of people who gave, amen. You can move money around real easy, but moving a heart of man is a much harder problem, amen. The second, the third point of my formula is innovative impartation, creative worship, creative education, and creative exhortation it's not enough just to come to church go through the order of service hear a sermon and go home we have to creatively engage the minds of men through worship through creative education through creative exhortation it's not enough just to teach the bible but i've got to teach application i got to bring the word of god alive and talk about real things amen, amen. One of the things we talked about in Sunday school was money. Was people who go home and buy clothes and leave the tags on them in the closet thinking that's a status symbol. Right. Thinking that's a status symbol. I got clothes in the closet with, with tags still on them. That's just money hanging up in the closet being wasted, amen. Amen. And then your church is begging you, you, you for what it needs materially. That's taking the word and making it alive and applicable in your life. I can't just talk about giving. I got to talk about giving and how it actually looks in your life. Yeah. When I talk about the credit cards that God delivered me from, I'm telling you that those credit cards kept me from giving. And I don't know if I'm talking to any saints here today, but you might want to go home and start cutting up new credit cards right now. You might want to invoke the power of the same power that God used to part the Red Sea, to part that credit card in half, amen. Because, this is good here now, this is good, this is a freebie. Thank you, Lord, for this. Because the same power that parted the Red Sea to deliver Israel is the same power that'll part that credit card and deliver you from debt, amen. Oh, that's good there, church. Ain't got nothing to do with men's day, but that's the second freebie, amen. Finally, reactive restoration. Reactive restoration. The church must help whoever comes to holistically fix the issues in their life through the example Jesus said. We have to tackle the problems of the people who come here. We have to begin to feed them if they're hungry. We have to begin to clothe them if they're naked. We have to begin to help them battle addiction if they're addicted. We have to begin to help them with their health if they have health issues. We have to begin to look after them, not just for the heavenly journey that they're on, but we've got to look after our brother as if he is, in, as if I am in fact my brother's keeper. We have got to do this as a church, amen? We've got to do this as a church. Reactive. Restoration. That's the formula. what happens to draw men here to the church now my third c we've talked about being creative we talked about being collaborative and now i'm going to tell you the final c is about being conspicuous to be conspicuous to bring a man to jesus you have to be noticed the faith of all the men and the great efforts they demonstrated were noticed by those nearby and most importantly Jesus if our faith is conspicuous it is noticed in how we talk how we live how we give and how we walk before the Lord and before others what we have to understand as we look at this miracle and I'm gonna be honest something bothered me in this text so I'm gonna share this with you I was kind of upset Ram Wilson Ram Holly that Jesus only forgave the man's sins initially they went through all that trouble, Sister Ford. Them, them climbed over folk, climbed on top of a house, tore a hole in somebody's roof. They, ain't, they, 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 they didn't offer to repair. Lowered the man down in front of Jesus. And all Jesus said was, brother, your sins are forgiven. <laughs> now, <laughs> that bothered me <laughs> because obviously they came to Jesus looking for more than their sins to be forgiven. But it wasn't until, it wasn't until them, them, them Jewish leaders who had gathered around in church start talking trash and made Jesus a little bit upset. And Jesus told him that which is easier to tell him his sins are forgiven or to tell him to take up his mat and walk. But so that he can show them that he can do both. He told the man that he had all power and he told him to take up his mat and walk. The priority on restoring the man's spiritual condition shows us a glimpse at how God prioritizes eternal salvation over earthly prosperity. It doesn't matter if that man went on to live another 50 years walking if he would die in his sins. Jesus dealt with the most pressing need, the man's salvation. And because Jesus took notice, because they were conspicuous, in how they brought the man to Jesus, Jesus was impressed by their great faith. As I close, I want to challenge you to be conspicuous. I want to tell you that things happen when you get Jesus' attention. I'm reminded of a story when the centurion walked up to Jesus and told him, hey, I have a sick servant at home. And when Jesus offered to come to the man's house, the centurion said, no, if you just speak the word, then I know my servant will be healed. The Bible says that this caught Jesus's attention and good things happen, church, when we catch Jesus's attention. So Jesus looked at the centurion and said that he hadn't encountered such great faith. And he did, in fact, speak that word and his servant was healed. I've got another example. The Syrophoenician woman. Some of your Bibles call her the Canaanite woman. She was trying to get Jesus to heal her daughter. And then Jesus called the woman a dog. Said it's not right for the master to give the the, the children's bread to the daughter. To the dog. But that woman who wanted something from Jesus, she got Jesus' attention. She told Jesus. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Sometimes, church, you got to get Jesus' attention. So Jesus looked down and said, once again, such great faith, I've never seen. So so he he granted the woman's request and her daughter was healed. And then finally, I was reminded of a woman who had an issue of blood and she she tried to get Jesus' attention. But there was a crowd of folk Once again, blocking her from Jesus. But she didn't let the crowd stop her from her deliverance. Some of us need to hear that right now. We got folks in this church right now, mad at folks in this church right now, letting them people stop them from getting what they need from Jesus. But I'm not going to let anybody, I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let you block me from Jesus. So I'm going to press through the crowd, bleeding and all. Because all I need, Reverend Wilson, is to touch the hem of his garment. So I go and touch the hem of his garment. And what's the Bible that says again? It got his attention. He asked his disciple, who touched me? I felt virtue depart from me. And the nature of Jesus is so good that if you just touch the hem of his garment in faith, you don't get that, church. If you get a little close to him, in faith. If you can just find your way to the parking lot, in faith. If you can get down the street and in the outside of him, in faith. If you can get get next to him and brush shoulders with him, in faith. If you can find some little way of getting a little closer to him, in faith. Then you might catch his attention. And you might be the next story of how someone brought a man to Jesus. Amen. Jesus!